Welcome to Hope Something Sticks. My name's Bert. I'm Matt. And this will be our first movie review. Uh, and today we're going to be doing Groundhog Day. Um, classic from the 1990s, starring Bill Murray, Annie McDowell, and kind of Chris Elliott. Uh, very much far third tier uh, on the uh, cast. Uh, directed by the late Harold Remus. That's a piece. Mm-hmm. So I recently watched it. Uh, we were supposed to, both supposed to, but uh, Matt did not. So hey, have a good, you know, it happens. So we're gonna have a good kind of uh, back and forth between someone who's seen it recently, one who's seen it a while back ago. Not that far back. It's such a classic no, movie. It's kind of, you know. I've seen it seven million times. <laughs> when was the last time you saw it? Uh, all right, maybe like five years ago. <laughs> Not that long ago. It's all good. I'm watching the Cliff Notes now on YouTube. Cool, cool. Copyright YouTube. <laughs> Note to self, contact lawyers for YouTube. <laughs> all right, so starts off in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, at a news station where uh, Phil Taylor, I think his last name is, right? Sure. You're the one who saw it. <laughs> I'm really good at names. So Phil Taylor, pretty sure that's right, uh, is a weatherman at the local uh, Pittsburgh news station. Uh, has a new producer named Rita, who he uh, instantly falls in love with by the kind of close-up of him looking her up. And uh, you also meet Larry, the camera guy. And they're about to go off Punxsutawney to go see the Groundhog, where they have the annual uh, Groundhog Day celebration, where uh, they pull out the Groundhog from his little stump, and they and he talks to them and tells them uh, if there's going to be uh, a longer winter or a shorter winter. Tell yeah, that's about right. Yep. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right. So it kind of establishes that uh, Phil, who's played by Bill Murray, is kind of an asshole. Uh, Rita is nice, <laughs> and Larry's kind of Larry. He's kind of just there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's kind of the uh, he's the creep factor. Yeah. Just Chris Elliott in every Chris Elliott movie ever. What other movies has been in? Like the only other movie I can think of him being in is that uh, Nickelodeon movie Snow Day. Well, there's that, and then there's a uh, <clears throat> uh, what the hell's it called? Cabin Boy. <laughs> uh, it's pretty corny. <laughs> yeah, I think he was also in Scary. Yeah, he was in Scary Movie too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He was the quintessential creep. Yeah, that was probably his best role ever. <laughs> Go way over the top. So Phil says, uh, you know, he's kind of ready to uh, leave the station. Don't really know uh, if he's for real, uh, if, you know, other channels are trying to get him or whatever. But then he cuts to them driving to Puxatani, the three of them, Larry, Phil, and Rita. And uh, to kind of hammer home the uh, characters even more, uh, Phil acts like a dickhead. Uh, Rita's all nice and innocent, and Larry's uh, 
shows why he's a uh, C-list actor. Yeah, no doubt. Because yeah, watching this movie again, kind of really noticed that the guy who plays Larry, uh, Chris Elliott, kind of sucks. He's not particularly good actor. Oh, what are you talking about? He portrays a perfectly awkward cameraman who can't get laid. I know, but it's I don't know. I just something it's a tour about force performance just didn't do it for me. Hmm. So uh, they end up at uh, Puxatani, and uh, Phil says he doesn't want to uh, stay in the same hotel as the rest of them. Says it's a shithole, and uh, but Rita says, "Well, I got you a bed and breakfast place anyway, so have fun with that." And the bread and breakfast place is really nice looking. It's like I would definitely go to that place. Yeah, nowadays I don't even know where. Uh, well, we were talking about it being filmed in Woodstock and not Punxsutawney, so I know where to find something like that. But uh, yeah, it seems like a pretty legit spot. Mm-hmm. So, so he likes the place fairly well, um, and he goes to sleep. And that's February first. Wakes up February 2nd on Groundhog's Day. So the first thing that happens is the radio goes off and uh, the two disc jockeys are talking about how it's Groundhog's Day and it's very cold. Phil, once he gets ready, leaves his room and there's this guy saying, hey, guess go see the Groundhog? Yeah. It's like, do you think it's going to be in uh, early spring? And then Phil just uses his uh, weatherman jargon to be a dick. It's like, ah, thinking March, whatever it is, the first day of spring is, and then he just leaves the guy. He talks with the uh, the owner of the bed and breakfast, acts like a dick some more, asking about the weather, saying, well, it's going to be a blizzard, but I think he's going to miss us and hit some other place. So she asks if she's going to leave. He says, yeah, you know, 100% yes, I'm going to leave. Well, tonight. Uh, then he heads over to where the groundhog is, uh, which is called Gobbler's Knob, which you think that's the actual name of the place? Yeah, it's according to this, uh, according to this YouTube clip, that is in fact the name of it. The uh, officiators of Groundhog Day were actually very upset that they didn't choose Punxsutawney because you know it was too expensive to get the licensing rights. But they did show up to Woodstock, Illinois, to make sure that the ceremony went off accurately. Gobbler's <laughs> Knob, everybody. Gobbler's Knob is a real thing. Nothing funny about that. All right. So, <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, of course it's funny. It's fucking Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Phil does his, uh, his weatherman shtick. Uh, they pull the uh, groundhog out from the kind of stump enclosure they got him in. They do this cute little ceremony, and I guess it's the mayor. Yeah, that's yeah. uh, yeah. Well, Bill Murray's brother, but oh, that's Bill Murray's brother. Is the uh, one, of, one of them? Yeah, yeah. Didn't know that was. I think his other does his other brother make an appearance? No, Brian no. Doyle Murray. I believe so. Usually, one or two of his brothers make an appearance in his movies. Almost every one of his movies. Yeah. I think it's just the one. Yeah, I think you only get Brian this time. Yeah. Okay. So he says uh, that's going to be a long winter. The groundhog saw its shadow. So, wah, wah. Yep. As the whole town goes. Uh, 
Then they leave back to Pittsburgh. Uh, Phil doesn't want to stay in Puxatani because he thinks it's lame. As they're leaving Puxatani, there's this big traffic jam on the highway. Phil uh, gets out of the van, talks to the cop that's there, saying that, hey, you know, we want to, you know, go through. It's like, well, there's a big blizzard coming through, so you can't. It's like, what do you mean? It's just a few snowflakes. It's a few snowflakes. It's a whole damn blizzard coming. It's like, no, it's going to hit this town. It's going to pass by us. I don't know what the hell you've been watching, but there's a real blizzard going on out there. It's like, don't you know anything about the weather? It's like, I make the weather. <laughs> it's a pretty great saying because it doesn't yeah. even have a code. It's like, it's like, all right, well, go back to Pugsatani or freeze to death. I'm thinking. In lieu of uh, freezing to death, he decides to go back, uh, fairly pissed off. Yeah, he pretty much just hangs out in his bedroom at the bed and breakfast and goes to sleep. Now, one thing I saw that was kind of weird was that he seems like he goes to sleep at 4.05 a.m. Are you asking me? No, well, <laughs> no, like, like, that, that's what the clock says as he's going to bed. It's 4.05. Wow, he's got some insomnia. Actually, uh, I might not be the first scene. That, that might have been... Might be a little, little bit later, but he definitely does go to bed at four or five. Uh, I think it might be for the first repeat. Anyway, so yeah, it wakes up. It's, well, it doesn't. It doesn't change over until six. Yeah, it doesn't like until so his it, alarm clock goes off. I know he's in the clear from a continuity perspective, but it just seems weird to go to bed so late. Maybe he's just been losing his mind this whole time. Maybe. Anyway. So he wakes up, and uh, the same song is playing on the uh, clock radio. You know, he, he doesn't think anything of it. And then uh, the same audio comes from those disc jockeys talking about how it's cold and how it's uh, Roundhog Day. And he's like, oh, I guess I didn't come into work. And, uh, you know, they're just repeating the audio from yesterday. And then he looks out the window and it looks exactly the same as when he looked at the window before. Supposed to be a blizzard outside. You'd think there'd be a whole bunch of snow, but the, there's not a whole bunch of snow on there. It's pretty much the same as it was yesterday, or what he perceived to be yesterday. So he goes outside of his room. He sees the same guy as he did uh, before, asking about uh, if he thinks that there's going to be you know, a long winter or early spring and if he's going to see the groundhog as so bill murray's like a little weirded out it's like yeah it's like didn't we already do this do what it's like okay and then he goes downstairs and he has the exact same conversation with the uh the owner of the bed and breakfast again and he kind of starts immediately freaking out like a little bit so when she asks him if uh, he's going to be leaving today. He's like, um, yeah, probably 70% chance of departure. Yeah, right. So so he doesn't know exactly what's going on, uh, but he's kind of sort of rolling with it for right now. One, one thing I did forget from the, the first time, the first time around was uh, Ned Ryerson. Remember Ned uh, the Head? Of course. How can you so, forget? How can you forget Ned the Head? I, uh, well, you didn't stop me. Oh, you're doing, but uh, can you cancel it? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Sorry, I'm so, jumping ahead. <laughs> that, anyway, the, 
uh, the first time around, he meets Ned Ryerson, who knew him from high school. Uh, Bill kind of wants nothing to do with him. So Ned tells him, he's like, oh, guess what I do? He's like, I don't know. It's like, I sell insurance. Shocker. So Ned just tells him basically what's been going on in his life uh, and asking if uh, Bill Murray wants to, uh, you know, buy life insurance for some reason. Uh, Phil says, basically just blows him off and walks away and steps into uh, icy puddle. And Ned says, watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. And then yeah, just pretty awfully obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. So the second time around, he sees Ned again on the way to the groundhog. And so Ned's like, it's like, hey, you remember me? And then Phil's like, uh, Ned Ryerson? Bing! First, first try right out the gate. It's like, you'll never guess what I do. Uh, do you sell insurance? <laughs> it's like, wow, you're on it today, Phil. <laughs> like, this is when Phil like really starts fucking freaking out. <laughs> it's like, I'm not fun, so I uh, I gotta go. So he leaves, steps into the puddle again, and then goes to Gobbler's Knob again. Again, kind of freaking out. Uh, but he does the report again, a little bit different, saying, well, it's Groundhog's Day again. And uh, that must mean that uh, Punxsy Tawny Phil is going to come out and tell us whether he sees his shadow. So it goes off, and Phil decides to stay, even though uh, you know Rita and Larry are wondering why he wants to stay. He thought he you know, hated the place. And he said, well, there's going to be a blizzard. It's like, but you said there wasn't going to be a blizzard. It's like, yeah, but I'm staying. <laughs> so, no explanation necessary. Yeah. So lo and behold, there is a blizzard. Then Phil is talking to someone on the phone, um, I guess about the roads and asking when they're going to be clear and said tomorrow. <laughs> and he said, well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't today. <laughs> and the lady just hangs up on him. Um, so to test whether he uh, is going insane or not, he takes a pencil that's in the room, breaks it in half, and puts it on the nightstand and goes to sleep. And this time for sure, it's 4.05 a.m. So he wakes up at 6 again, and the same music plays, the same guys play, and the uh, pencil that he broke ha in half yesterday is whole so on the second repeat he kind of just like speeds through it he sees the guy outside of his outside of his room just walks right past him uh, walked right past the uh, owner of the uh, bed and breakfast and just kind of uh is just running back to gobbler's knob sees ned just like pushes him away <laughs> and just run runs off uh and also i believe steps in the puddle again I do believe that's accurate, yeah. Yep. So what would you think you'd be doing at this point? Uh, your day repeated twice already. Uh, be pretty much the same as uh, what Bill Murray's doing, or what would you think? Oh, the movie's fantastic because it always cause it, it goes through every single reaction that you would think would, would happen, which is awesome, which is something that, you know, all the fucking nerds out there always do. The movie's its own self-contained, uh, you know, when fans write their own alternate scripts. Fan fiction? Fan fiction, sure. It's its own self-contained version of that. 
because you get to rewrite the movie in several different alternate realities. And in this case, you get to write every single fucking one of them, which is, uh, well, you know, it's the stages of grief, right? There's stages of mourning. Um, yeah, denial ultimately get leading to acceptance. Yeah. And it's only through acceptance of, I don't fucking know. Yeah, there's some sort of theme at the end of it, like, you gotta be a better person. Yeah. Which is cool, because, you know, watching this as a kid, you know, this is one of my first experiences uh, coming to grips with, oh, shit, this dude's stuck in his own fucking reality. What the hell would I do? Apparently, this is what an adult would do, (laughs) which is be a total dick, take advantage of people, drive on railroad tracks, (laughs) and then try to kill myself in every conceivable possible way. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, and learn the piano. Yeah, it's pretty believable. Um, You know, if you're in that situation, that's pretty much what most people would do is kind of just well, start freaking out. And then when you figure out, you know, this is just going to keep happening, kind of what you do after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why didn't he take advantage of stuff first and then freak out? His immediate reaction was, let me freak out and try to kill myself, as opposed to, oh, wait, now I finally have time to do all the things I never no, he, had a chance to do. Um, he tries to kill no, himself he, first. He does do that for a while. Like, so. Yeah, well, yeah, he, tried, yeah, he gets laid a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. After he's well, done, yeah. after he's done fucking Nancy right or Nancy what's her face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does that for a while. That, that, then he try, then he tries to get with uh, Rita. Yeah, that's and, where it really gets fun because you think she was uh, a little bit easier, but it turns out she's in, incredibly difficult. <laughs> it took him this many lifetimes to figure her out. Yeah, so, so it was more or less just a puzzle. So really, did he actually change, or was he just trying to escape this whole time? Is he just just a really good escape artist? Um, I think in the end. So I think we could probably stop going the uh, play by play, just kind of go into generally what happens uh, instead of going over every little detail. So, so yeah. Yeah, I think that would flow a little bit better. He keeps repeating the same day over and over again. I mean, if you haven't Uh, seen Groundhog Day by now, I mean, you could look it up on Urban Dictionary, and it's basically a term. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah. So, first he freaks out, and then he talks to Rita about it. She doesn't believe him, and uh, he eventually goes out drinking with a couple of locals. Yep. Railroad tracks and some flapjacks. Yeah, <laughs> so, so they all get fucking wasted. Bill Murray drives a car, and it's like, what What would you do if you just lived the same day over and over again and nothing ever changed? And then the one guy's like, well, that pretty much sums it up for me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty brutally hilarious. <laughs> Oh, it's one of my favorite lines in the movie. There'd be uh, no rules. You're right. There would be no rules. Like I could just drive on the train tracks. Like, well, actually, Phil, that's a rule that I actually agree with. <laughs> so yeah, so he gets, um, he crashes his car, he gets thrown in jail, but then wakes up at the bed and breakfast again, back on Groundhog Day. So then he really starts you know, taking advantage uh, of the situation uh, by immediately trying to bang all the uh, <laughs> pretty women 
in the town. He, he starts he off. He probably with tried to bang everybody in the town because he eventually right. learn, he eventually learns everything about every person. That's right. He starts and off with uh, this delusion that he's God. Yeah, he starts out with Nancy. Uh, he asks her what her name is, where high school she went to, and what her English teacher was, and just fabricated a story the next day uh, about that. And, and she uh, totally bought it. Her hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, really. I it's mean, like, oh shit! I just, I just didn't remember you. Yep. <laughs> and then he asks her to marry her in a day. <laughs> yeah, he asks to marry her like as they're going at it. And, and that's what does it for her. Right, yeah. So th- then uh, he's on a date with another woman who's in this uh, this sexy maid outfit when they go to the movies. And uh, Nancy passes by. It's like, it's my old fiance. Doesn't even remember me. <laughs> so, yeah. It's kind of fascinating. Apparently, according to Harold Ramis, this, how long do you think this actually took? Like how many years? Oh, I would say... I didn't know this before I started watching this clip. I'd say probably about five years. According to Harold Ramis, living the same day in the same place over and over again, Bill Murray lives an extra 30 to 40 years. Wow. Which, considering every single thing that he does, some of these things, no. I mean, some days he's just spending, he spends the entire day, and he spends like this whole sequence of events just trying to save that one old guy. Who yeah. apparently is like his father or something like that, who he keeps calling dad. Yeah, I don't know why so he keeps calling him dad. Well, he probably, you know, he looks at him and he says, oh shit, that's my father. My father I never gave a shit about. It's not exactly explored, but it's kind of touched on. And he also knows every single thing that's happening in other places too. Like when they go and get dinner, like he knows, like he saves the mayor's life. He's he saves choking, the mayor. He's choking. He probably had to learn the Heimlich maneuver. Maneuver. How many days does that take? I don't know, probably an hour, but yeah, <laughs> probably not too long. But yeah, he, it does seem like uh, some of his time later on he spends trying to save like the lives of everyone in town that died. Yeah, yeah. like this little kid like yeah. uh, falls off a tree and he catches him. <laughs> Would never thank me. <laughs> not a single thank you. So. So after he's finished banging the entire town, um, he tries to get with uh, Rita, who he actually really likes. Right, the crux of the story. Yeah. So, and then the the movie basically turns into like a, a dating sim that you just keep reloading to get the best <laughs> ending. <Yeah. laughs> he like he uses like every single option. Like, nope, not that option. <laughs> Go yep. back around again. Yeah. So he keeps. Uh, so it keeps fucking up in some way, like during the state with Rita, and then just repeats again. And and what, while I'm like while I'm watching the movie, like this must be a really cheap movie to make because there's not a whole lot of different sets. And even like as time goes on, like you're just reusing the same set. Like you're, they probably did like every single scene that's in Gobbler's Knob in like the you know in a, like a few days. Like they probably just did those entire scenes like in sequence and then edited in at different points in time because it's, it's the exact same thing actually says how much it cost how much you think uh it grossed i'll give you a clue it it grossed 71 million dollars 
was back in 1993 dollars. Yeah, I would say it cost about six million dollars to make. It cost fourteen point one million dollars to make. Yeah, making it probably, a lot of that was probably built very success. Probably. And it certainly wasn't on Woodstock licensing rights, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I forgot that he was a. I forgot about the Jeopardy scene where he knows all the answers to the Jeopardy, yeah. to the Jeopardy yeah. episode. <laughs> and he's just drinking Jack Daniels straight out of the bottle. Yeah. He's, and like it's some of them, he likes, he's not even like waiting for the question to finish <laughs> or like look at the screen. Like he just tells the answer to the lady. Exactly. <laughs> she, she like semi freaks out about it. <laughs> so after a few times of trying to get with Rita and uh, it just, doesn't work like at all that's when he starts getting depressed and then uh <laughs> then he starts deciding to kill himself so the first time he does it he thinks uh maybe something will happen if he kills himself with the groundhog like there's some kind of connection with the groundhog scene it's shadow <laughs> yeah. like oh i get it he's controlling this whole thing he's got to be yeah, stopped I <laughs> yeah, I and i'm the one to stop <laughs> So he, t- he steals a truck that Groundhog's in and then just drives it off the quarry. And <laughs> it just, might still be all right. <laughs> yeah, and then it blows up. It's like, uh, well, probably, not probably not now. So then he just kills himself a whole bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. uh, then he kind of gets tired of doing that. He talks with Rita again uh, in the morning after, after the whole Groundhog ceremony. So this time, instead of trying to, you know, get with her, he's basically asking her for help and telling her, like, what's going on with him. He's basically saying, like, I know everything now about this town because I keep living September, uh, February 2nd every single day for the last however long. And he proves it to her by going up to everyone and telling them, like, everything about this person and then telling Rita everything about her that he found out. And so she... She starts believing him. Uh, she sticks with him the entire day. She tells him that, you know, it depends on how you look at it, whether this is a curse or not. You could just, you know, you could do some good, do whatever you want. And so uh, Phil kind of starts taking this to heart. He learns how to play piano. Um, like we were saying, he uh, sees the old uh, hobo that uh, may or may not be his dad. I don't think it is. It isn't his dad. He's projecting his father onto this old man. And if he saves this old man, he saves his father in his brain. I don't know, dude, the dude is losing his mind. Anyway, so... Maybe if I save this one guy's life, I can be released from my prison. Yeah. So... How many people did he torture? <laughs> they don't go into that. <laughs> what? Oh, did he torture? Well, I mean, nowadays, you know, if you relate this to like Westworld or something like that, Spoiler alert, Westworld is about killing people. <laughs> it's like, you know, if he's really a monster, he would have immediately started, like, murdering people just to see what the hell would happen. Uh, I guess they kind of skipped that part. <laughs> yeah, they totally did. Comedy, comedy, keep it up, keep it up. <laughs> so pretty much every time you see him with uh, with Ned, he's, like, screwing with him in some way. There's one really good part where uh, Ned introduces himself again and uh, <laughs> Bill Murray just lovingly hugs him. He's like, I don't know what you're doing today, 
but can you cancel your plans? <laughs> and then Ned just gets weirded out and walks away. Uh, 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 okay, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> it was good seeing you. Bye. <laughs> I say that line pretty frequently. Mostly to my sister Sam. <laughs> Nothing sexual about that. So, does uh, learn <laughs> to uh, gloss over, <laughs> gloss, yeah, glossing over that. <laughs> Moving on, I gotta go. He uh, he finds a piano teacher, <clears throat> gives her a thousand dollars. She kicks out the twelve uh, <laughs> year old so girl. That was. <laughs> oh my god. So he just keeps giving her a thousand dollars every day, right, and right. he, you know, eventually gets better. And then, yeah, he starts saving everybody, uh, helping everyone out. So these three old ladies got a flat tire, like on, like in the middle of town, and uh, he he starts like replacing the tire immediately, like right after it blows and they stop. He like just puts a jack under, jacks the car up, and changes the tire. And he does a lot of things you wouldn't think you'd be able to do in less than a 24 hour span. Like he gets to, like he becomes everyone's hero, like inside of a day. Right. Right. He's like running around. Well, if you knew exactly, of course, all these things would have to be timed down perfectly (laughs) in sequence. So everybody's disaster was set up for that. I don't know what God monster or flying spaghetti monster uh, created this time loop. And stuck Bill Murray in it, but apparently they are like, Cora, you figured out the puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it basically turns into a video game. It's kind of like uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, where you live out three days and you have to go back in time uh, because the moon crashes into the earth and kills everything. So you have to keep going back in time until you figure out how to stop the moon from crashing into the earth. And you have three days to do it. You have three days to do it. Not not like actual days. Like I think every day is like an hour. So I think every loop is three hours, but you can freely kind of go forward and backwards in time, you know, like uh, like half a day or whatever. But also in the game, there's a whole bunch of uh, things that happen, that events that happen, like say someone gets robbed or whatever. And then you can go back in time and prevent that uh, person from getting robbed. And there's like a whole bunch of like little side quests like that. Mm, gotcha. you use time to kind of uh, complete all these side quests. Mm. That's basically what Bill Murray does. I don't, let's see. When did Majora's Mask come out? Who ripped who off? I was wondering what you were going to get at. I'm looking here at the Wikipedia page. Apparently there's a short story called 1201 PM by Richard Lupoff. Because <laughs> everybody knew that one. Uh, predates the film by about three years. I know I'm joking. I'm just reading this off. I don't, I don't know any of that. I don't know who the fuck Richard Lupoff is. Apparently he plays the sousaphone. So Legend of Zelda ripped it off because it came out in 2000. And this movie came out in, I think, 93. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a phrase that defined the trope. Kind of wrap up the story. Um, basically, Phil becomes the best person ever and the hero of the town within a day. And then, because of that, uh, Rita falls in love with him somehow. And oh, because he says every single thing perfectly. 
But he doesn't even like see her through most of the day. Like there's the beginning of the day where he does like that, that perfect speech uh, for the groundhog day uh, ceremony. And then she doesn't see him again until that, that evening at the uh, groundhog day party. Right. And they have a fantastic evening. That's perfect. And he carves her face in ice. <laughs> was awesome. Yep. So they go to bed together, and when uh, Bill Murray wakes up, it's tomorrow, February 3rd, and uh, that's pretty much how the movie ends, outside of the infinite loop of February 2nd. Mm-hmm. So I really like this movie. I think I, I think like uh, I think the first time I saw this was probably almost 20 years ago. Still awesome. Yeah, it's got, uh, it's got everything you want. It's got all the staying power. It's not dated. I mean, it's kind of dated, but not in any real way that you would really give a shit about. But this is no. like, uh, you know, Scarlet Letter, man. Should be taught in every school. Yeah, you'd be good. Then you'll uh, get to have sex with Andy McDowell. So, like, a timeless story. <laughs> and plus, it's Bill Murray. I mean, come on. Fuck. Yeah. He was particularly. He's particularly uh, hilarious when uh, he was starting to go into his depressive state about halfway through the movie. Yeah, he's trying every single thing. I love him smashing the alarm clock. I, I smash everything. Yeah, that, like that. that does great <laughs> few scenes. Like, it just like kept going and going and going. Where he was just smashing in different ways. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He just rips out the, the toaster without speaking to anybody and drops it in the tub. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow the the owner of the bed and breakfast like realized what happens like immediately when right, the right, lights right. short out. It's like, Oh my horrendous. Someone killed himself again. Uh, oh my God. Not again. It appears that Mohamedou Ul-Slahi described his time in Guantanamo Bay as like Groundhog Day. Hmm. Except no Andy McDowell. Yeah. No Andy McDowell at the end of his fucking stay. Bummer. Yeah. Damn, that dude was in there so long, he wrote four books. All right, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> He's not allowed to have access to them. <laughs> a joke. Oh, my God. He doesn't allow, not allowed access to the... Yeah, I'm a, little, I'm, a little, I'm a little confused how this works. That's a Wikipedia page. Bay? No, he got released a few years ago. 14 years in the Slammer. The end all Slammers. How long have we been going? Uh, yeah, I think it's a good place to stop. Um, again, great movie. Uh, highly recommend it. So uh, for those of you who have not seen it, uh, congratulations on having it being ruined for you. It's I seriously doubt we ruined it. It's even if, okay, you don't watch it for the plot points. You watch it because Bill Murray is a saint. Or the devil. Or uh, Ned Ryerson is the devil, yeah. So saints, devils. Sex with a chick named Andy. It's got it all. Watch it. Make your kids watch it. Make your kids watch it so much they hate it. All right. So uh, we do not have a Patreon. Uh, we don't have anything yet. Oh, <laughs> what we do have is an email address. Oh, is that all you need for, I don't know, fucking Venmo or something? Uh, no, but they can email us in. If they have any questions, uh, any comments, um, you know, we'll read them at the end of the podcast. That'd be um, great. Yeah, I could. I'd love some feedback on our awesome chemistry. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, um, so yeah, our email address is hope something That's sticks. Terrible idea. <laughs> this comments are gonna be so fucking terrible. Uh, I'll be happy to eating shit and comments at all. <laughs> no, I love comments. They're fun. All right. So hope something sticks at gmail.com. Uh, all one word, no, you know, uh, dashes or anything. Hopes, so, uh, hope something sticks at gmail.com. <laughs> that was close. Nice job. Pulled off the landing. <laughs> and the scorecard here is coming. The scores are coming in. That's seven point seven point six. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's H O P E S O M E T H I N G S T I C K S. For those of you who don't know how to spell, <laughs> hope something sticks. Can you do that, the NATO alphabet, please? Uh, Hooker, ocelot. Don't say penis. 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 Epsilon. Suck it on my erection <laughs> that hides igloos. Nowhere. Good. Nah, I got stuck. <laughs> Think they got it. All right. I hope so. Thank you right. for yeah. listening. Good. And see you in uh, two hours. <laughs> whenever you decide to watch another, or listen to another podcast. No, we'll put up some funny uh, images or something. Like that. Oh no, I'm getting a word from my producer. No, that's not going to happen. And yeah, we listen to meat bags. <laughs> it's a pack. All right. See ya.